Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode 72 for May 2016. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is a regular episode where we go um, over the th stuff that has been happening in our home countries, mostly. Um, we, some of us are from multiple countries, so we might hear from different places. Uh, and my name is Patrick Beja and we're going to be talking about the things that happened the past uh, month. We're in end of May, so you'll get a panorama of world information and hopefully a little bit of entertainment over the next uh, maybe hour hour, hour and a half. Um, and I, I said maybe a little bit of entertainment, but I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some very entertaining moments because Turkey is back. Yay, Turkey! Hey, Patrick. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. You've been traveling around, you've been everywhere, and I have gotten comments like at least two maybe three even that said, where is Turkey? We miss Turkey. And you know what I answered? <laughs> Yeah. I answered, I miss him too. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so sweet of you. <laughs> well, well, I was busy. You were in Japan. I was in Hong Kong. You were in Japan. I was in Bali, Indonesia. And yeah. hopefully I'll be in Japan in September and you'll be in Paris. Uh, where? Uh, no, no, yeah, you're in not September in I'll anymore. be in Paris. Yeah, I'm going in you'll June. You'll be in I'm Paris? Going, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're basically you avoided Japan until I I had left. So, uh, but it's okay. I can give you tips about where to go and what to do. It's fine. Well, uh, I just figured it'll be safer without you there. <laughs> well, given how safe it is, yes, I'm probably a, a dangerous factor in the in society. You know, <laughs> I, I do things that the Japanese don't approve of. Like I don't know. Uh, I was gonna say throw papers in the street like tissues but i don't do that because the streets are so clean you feel very self-conscious about you stuff kiss like in that. public yes exactly that is dangerous <laughs> we do kiss in public um all right thank you so much for being here uh, i hope you had fun during your your vacation and your travels uh, apparently you did uh, I had a wonderful time in hong kong met paul and his lovely wife which was great excellent you'll have to tell me about that next time we we hang out um, we also have uh, other people that are first comers on the show. So uh, please a warm welcome to Bart, who is actually, so you're originally Belgian, but you're now in Ireland as uh, exemplified by your lovely accent. Hey, Bart. Yes. Good morning. Yes. It's, it was a long time ago when I was in Belgium and my parents put me in an Irish school without teaching me English first. Nice. So, so that's a really good way not to get an accent. <laughs> just, just drop the kid off in school and leave. It'll be fine. <laughs> they were like, all right, you, you hang out. Just figure it out. You'll be fine. Um, it did, apparently, it didn't take me long. Apparently, it only took me a few weeks and I was speaking like a local. So. How old were you? Four. I think, the, yeah, when you're young, I think your brain can do that. I think if you try that with me now, I, I don't think it'd work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So you you were four, and you've been living in in Ireland for how long? Do you feel more Irish or or Belgian? I I still actually feel quite strongly both identities um, because all of my family, with very few exceptions, live over in Belgium. So although 
I don't spend a large percentage of my time there. You know, I spend a lot of time talking to people there and it's, yeah, no, I still feel both. Um, and when you have to spell your name every time you say it, you don't really feel a local, <laughs> you know. Fair it's, enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have to admit, when I'm in Japan, I'm like, oh, it's Beja, Beja, Beja. And they're like, the, Ned, what? And yeah, it doesn't help for sure. I've gotten good with the phonetic alphabet. Yeah. That's, that's my solution to exactly. these things. Um, and uh, lastly, Franco is here. So he is now in Spain, but originally from Peru. So you're basically the entire, because you know Peru is going to be uh, the entirety of Latin America. So you're the entirety of the Spanish-speaking world for us today on the Fides Club. Hope No pressure. Thanks, thanks for yeah, coming. Yeah, I, I feel a lot of responsibility. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. How long how long have you been in Spain? Uh it's been a little bit uh, over six years uh, right now. All right. So uh, I, I yeah. So, same question, I, I was guess. Going to do, say, do you feel Spanish or no, go ahead, go ahead. I won't interrupt you. <laughs> I was going to say uh, I didn't have a, a, a language issue as Bar did uh, <laughs> because it's so easy to change countries with uh, Along uh, Hispanic uh, countries, I guess. <laughs> but didn't you get? Didn't you say things that they didn't understand at first, or did you have like weird idioms and expressions that, that they looked yeah, at you that, like what? That 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 keep that keeps going on. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I think I'm unable to to get the whole uh, accent right. So, uh, but I have a, now a mixture of both. So whenever I go to Peru, they think I'm Spaniard, and whenever I go, I mean Spain, they think I'm <laughs> Latin American because they don't make a distinction among countries. You're right. So. <laughs> That that's actually pretty interesting. Is it is it the case that the Spanish actually don't you know differentiate too much between Latin American countries or? Ah, that's totally that's totally that way. Uh, they, for example, for Latin America, you hear Argentinian speaking and they they talk a different, uh, a completely different accent, but completely different. And then they, they they tell me that I'm Argentinian, which doesn't make sense if they just listen to the words I say, but. I, I, I don't have a problem. I mean, it's 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 just funny, right? Okay. Um, all right. Cool. So uh, we have a great panel together, and uh, I guess I'm gonna start with what's been happening in um, in France and uh, and a little bit of Finland. I have a, a little bit of a kicker story for the end because. Honestly, the French headlines haven't been super happy um, in the past few weeks. But it's it's so uh, if many of you have listened to the shows with uh, Antoine, one about the French, uh, you know, political system, and then we talked about the Up All Night movement, and that hasn't let up. It's uh, it's basically still going on and very active um, currently, and there are. Uh, different. How? Oh, I'm sorry. There's someone. I can hear some noise in the background. Um, if if okay, it stopped. Excellent. Good job, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, thinking of the listeners here. Um, and the labor law protests are still very much going on. Um, and the unions, some of the unions, have started. Um, oh my God! What's happening, guys? There's something in the background. Hello? I don't think it's on my end. Nope. Franco? One minute, let me... Oh, is it okay. me? Wait. Yeah, Turkey, it might be you. Who's who's vacuuming in the background? Turkey. 
Stop vacuuming as you're doing the show. I know you, you wouldn't to- believe this. You wouldn't believe this. This is my wife is hitting water and she's about 20 meters away. Let me lower the gain of this thing. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. Just mute yourself until until it's done. It's fine. Um, sorry, we're back. Um, the labor laws uh, are still. So I don't even know how to describe what's happening in the country right now. Um, the the unions have started to uh block some of the oil uh you know the 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 uh, ports and the oil refineries and the oil uh um uh, stocks that that are in the country are, are being blocked as a means of pressure to the government and it's Starting to, I mean, some people think that we have enough oil and reserves to be fine, but then some people are saying if you can't refine the oil, then that's a problem and you're going to run out very quickly. There are already some gas stations that are running out. Um, And, you know, it's like, I know that a few of you expressed expressed, uh, surprised surprised at uh, um, Antoine's conviction i want to say uh during the last couple of episodes and if you want to imagine how it is in france imagine that there are many people like that that are convinced that for the good of the country you should do whatever you can to prevent this law from happening the main issue they have with it is still um the that one article that says uh the agreements between branches of company would supersede the agreements of the whole company um and that's the main thing that they don't want to happen because they want the agreements to the whole company to be the standard and then you can only add rights to the workers uh, and not the other way around so over that, they're uh, mainly that um, they're they're going to those lengths, and it's not the first time such a huge country blocking strike has happened. But the last one was probably in '95. I remember it because I was going to uh, university, and it was basically the whole country was stuck for weeks, and a bunch of companies went under because they couldn't get uh, uh, their supplies, and it was you know, a a huge thing. And the government is not letting up. They're not saying, you know, okay, fine, we're going to let go and we're not going to vote that low. They're they're saying it is important that we do this thing and we're going to do it no matter how much uh, the situation um, worsens. So, you know, I look at this, I don't know if it's because I'm from the outside, but I look at all of this and I'm, it's sort of, a little bit of disbelief um and i don't i don't want to say who's right and who's wrong but <laughs> it doesn't feel like this is the right wrong. way to End go of about story. it story come on <laughs> who's wrong who's wrong turkey i wonder who you think is wrong you don't want to say it the protesters the protesters okay. <laughs> it's all these crazy people going out come on that's not how, how you protest you don't ruin and destroy your economy and your country and hurt other people's life by protesting. That's not how you protest. That's not the a civilized way of protesting. Come on. So what would be the civilized way of protesting? The civilized way of protesting is signing petitions, letting people know, and voting for the right people to come in place and revoke those laws. 
you are a democracy. You are not uh, some dictatorship where you have to go out and fight and and blow things up and and blockade so you can get your rights. So they are um, doing the... I'm going to be devil's advocate for just a second here. Um, they are uh, doing all those things and the petitions are huge and the demonstrations have, have not stopped. Um, and the government is using a specific uh, uh, legislative or, uh, you know, uh, uh, tool that allows them to bypass the parliamentary vote to get this law basically enacted uh, without having then, to then, go. Then in the next election, vote in a new government that yeah. would revoke that law. I, how, how difficult is that? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I think yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't, you know, pushing to, the, to this extreme is not uh, constructive, but yeah, and that's why, you know... And, 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 well, and, can, can in I... the last two episodes, I was not surprised to hear that French view. What I was surprised is that I finally came out to be right about French people, and you, because you ruined it. I thought French people were like you after I had that <laughs> conception about them. <laughs> well, I guess there are some like me and some like Antoine, but uh, yeah, Bart, go ahead. <laughs> well, it, it just strikes me that if, you know... If they're using techniques to try to avoid the parliament and stuff, then maybe that's not particularly democratic. So maybe that is a reason to, you know, sort of raise your voices a little bit. Like, if the, like, it, this can't be like 2% of the people or something. There's got to be much bigger support for this movement than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the the thing is that tool, uh, the it's uh, called 49.3, is... Like, I can't remember how it's called in the U.S. There is, a, a, you know, the, the president can veto a law, right? Even though it's it mm. has been voted. And there are these kinds of things in place so that things can still happen when you're in a stalemate or when things go a little bit crazy. I mean, there's a reason why those tools are are at the um you know the the government can use and the presidency or the prime minister can use those tools if we didn't want that to ever happen then we wouldn't have those tools in place i think it's it's not you know it's like saying i remember when we were talking about uh the european union vote that happened a while back um it's like saying well you 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 should have a, um, a referendum for every decision you make. Otherwise, it's not democratic. Well, not really. When you, when you do things via the, the parliament, you still have indirect voting. So it, it happens. And when you, I mean, what I'm saying is if we're unhappy about that tool, then we should ask for that tool to be removed. But I don't think we want that either because sometimes you need to do things in that way as well. And it's not a question of left or right or whoever is in power. I don't think anyone is ever going to take it away because you understand that you sometimes need it. So, Yeah, I think that uh, leg legislating by decree, I think it's the way, right, the, the name. Uh, I think it's just... It's a, it's a possibility. It's just that it is a little bit frowned upon, uh, meaning that they ne the country doesn't want the the president to be uh, legislating by decree all the time, many times. It, it's it's more the exception to the rule than the normal rule, I guess. Right. But it's a... true that it's true that it, it's it's it is a thing that 
it's 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 legal in the sense that it's contemplated by the law and it's it's possible it's the, the, i think the problem is that it, it it's never clear when it it is um when it's um uh necessary to do it and when it's not because of course being an exception it's 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 just weird to do yeah. it yeah no i think oh sorry bart did you want to say something no. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you, you started talking. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it definitely should be the exception. And I think it is, you know, it, do, it, it doesn't happen very often at all. Um, but yeah, it it's still, it's sort of, it's like Turkey was saying, it gets that feeling that, so again, we did talk about it at length with Antoine, um, and there are certainly people who are making an argument for it, but no matter how much I talk about it, I still feel that it is unreasonable. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, internment camps here. We're not, the situation is dire in the country from the economic side, um, where, where, we have large uh, percentage of unemployment and we've tried many different things and they're suggesting we try another series of laws that are, yes, to the right of what those people protesting would like, but it's not like they're advocating, you know, murdering the old people to make place for the new. It's they're just saying we're going to do this and that thing that are going to change the labor laws uh, in that way, which is not outlandish. It's it's not things that don't exist elsewhere and in countries where things work a little bit better. So in that context, it feels that the the lengths to which they're going to protest feel at the very least unreasonable. You know, it's it's not something that you would expect for uh it's yeah so anyway we've talked about it uh at length in the in the previous episodes and as as a french person outside of france at the moment i don't it's there are those times and i'm sure you know some other people from different countries feel that way about uh their country sometimes as well when they do things that are not in alignment with what they think is reasonable, but it's it's a little bit of a face palm sit- situation, and it's like, and on the other hand, this is sort of my own psychotherapy here, so I'm sorry, please <laughs> indulge me for a second, but <laughs> I understand that the country works. You know, there's when you describe France to anyone, it should not work. You know, it's it's got all of these interests that block the country when they're unhappy and like. It, it the, the the economy of the country has been predicted to go the way of of Greece or even Spain, you know, many times, but it doesn't. France, for some reason, we are productive. We have uh, a dynamic economies, even though it's you know obviously the world economy, except for the U.S. maybe is and Japan is not in great shape, but still we we are not going straight to the crapper. So. I'm not saying, oh, they're ruining the country. I think that's the way the country has worked for a long time. Um, And it still works relatively well, but it's just... uh, I don't... These people are just selfish. That's that's, that's the simple answer. They're selfish. Selfish how? As I said, 
Demonstrate. Nobody's saying don't demonstrate. Oppose the law, but do it in a civilized way. Do it in a uh, way where you don't harm other people, where you don't actually end up ruining the lives of other people. But going around uh, using violence or using uh, boycotting, blocking, and forcing people to go different paths or stuff like that is is, is wrong. Like the uh, the entire oil situation right now in France, where all of these uh, stations are being blocked and they're not even allowing anybody to work in them, which is less gas and gas stations. People can't travel as much as they need to. You're burning cars, you're destroying public property and private property. That's not how you do it. That's selfish because all you care is about yourself. You're going to try and force the government to change the law and you really don't care about anybody else. Well, Well, it's not that you're trying to force government to change, right? The government are trying to force through a change. There's a difference. No, the government already got the law passed. It's done. Now they're trying to force the government to back out. It's done. The law is there. Uh, I don't know that the law has been voted in already, has it? I don't think so. As far as I know, it is. Okay. Maybe, maybe. you know, it's so it's so confusing that... Uh, but, hey... Uh, and you, and true, guy, you should know okay. better than me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but, and, and, so, and, let, let me ask that, this. Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead, uh, Franco. Just a quick uh, reminder or, or question: Wasn't the law already uh, watered down? Was watered down already? I mean, they tried to make first a uh, law, and the, uh, because of uh, some protests, I remember protests. I remember they they changed it again, right? First? A little bit, yeah. They changed a, a little, a few tidbits of it, um, but not the main, the most important things. Uh, it's, okay, it's so, so the idea is, it is not enough, maybe, yeah. right? It's, they change it, but not, not as much as uh, other people want it to. Yeah, the thing is, it's never going to be enough. They just want it removed completely now. But, um, but so let me ask you this, um, to both of you, actually, uh, Franco and Bart, uh-huh. Turkey has made it pretty clear how he feels about those ways of protesting. Um, uh, Bart, what do you think about that? You know the 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 lengths to which the French unions or one of the unions is going th- to uh, for those protests. I I'm not I'm not quite saying I entirely agree with it, but on the, I do have to say I admire the French for their ability to protest because we had some pretty draconian stuff come in in Ireland. Of you know when well I mean our government basically decided to bail out the banks when they were actually European banks, because we're in the euro, and they basically threw our entire GDP down the toilet. And we didn't do anything. We, we didn't do anything, and we probably should have. Um, so I do kind of admire the French for at least having the gusto to get up and do something when they're cranky. Whereas, you know, <laughs> in Ireland, we just kind of we moan about it, we grumble about it, and that's kind of what we do. Right. So I, okay. I admire them in one way, but I'm not... I'm not sure they haven't gone too far over too little this time. I, I, mm. I don't know enough to be definitive, but the sense I'm getting is that maybe, the, maybe, maybe this is out of proportion. All right, fair enough. Franco, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think I'm between maybe part and Turkey. Uh, uh, I, 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 I really personally do not approve. I, again, I'm not representing <laughs> the whole Latin America. Of anything. course you are. Of um, course you are. You're speaking <laughs> for the entire continent. <laughs> right. So uh, I personally do not do not uh, approve that kind of a violent protests uh, or uh, actions that you know harm or uh, affect the lives of other people. Um, uh, but on the on the contrary, I, I, I do think that 
uh, as Barton was saying, uh, I, I, I really think that at least the French people um, think that uh, they think that they can change something. At least they have the the the, the will or, or the the naivety maybe of thinking they can they can actually make the, 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 the a better government or, or, or choose a better people uh, i mean comparing it to peru for example people are just so disappointed of anything that happens in politics they just they just don't expect anything <laughs> so they just are they they, they they vote just by by default they they actually do not trust anyone and they just do not expect p- uh, politics politics to for example comply with the reward so it's good to th- to see that there's people that still actually uh, uh, think they can uh, make a difference. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. The idealist part, I like it. The, 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 maybe the protest, the way they, 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 they do it, uh, I do not support it. All right. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think that's a silver lining even for me. So uh, <laughs> uh, let, 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 me, let me put one last point on this. Go ahead. Simply put... The French people, they say democracy is good and they promote democracy around the world, just like the U.S., just like the U.K. and all of these worlds. To be honest, clearly for me, I don't see democracies working. If you have to go out and protest and build and burn, then democracy is not working. So why bother do I need democracy here? <laughs> that's the... Well, that, no, I, that's, you don't argue, but that is part of democracy. Protest. giving out. I know. Part of democracy is the right to... And the peaceful. ability to protest, peaceful. to hold your government peaceful. accountable. Peaceful. Yeah, I agree it should be peaceful, right? I'm talking about I, I, this type of protest. I'm not talking about peaceful protest. Peaceful protest is it's okay. But what's going on, that's not peaceful. Well, I'll agree with you on that. I don't think, I don't think anyone here is saying, oh, yeah, break things. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think Turkey is trolling a little bit. Uh, and I also think that, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Um, but I also think that, even you know let's say you're right it's still i think is it churchill who said that uh any great quote is always churchill uh democracy <laughs> is the is the least uh, uh you know it's it's the best uh, it's the worst form of of governance except for all the other ones right so <laughs> it's it's the best one we have and and unfortunately these things happen um i'll still take you know democracy over uh any other thing uh, that I've seen at the moment, except probably if we do it, if we do a dictatorship where I, we have one dictator that I'm certain I'm going to agree with a hundred percent of the time, I would be okay with that, which means I should probably be the dictator. Can we get a vote? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Good. I'm, I, let's, I let's think you're asking. I think you don't need I'm, votes I, if you want to be a dictator, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need votes. And, and plus, you I'm just going to start the coup and take it over. So don't worry. Ah, that's why you've been buddying up to me for all those years. Makes <laughs> sense now. Um, all right. Um, there were other things um, happening in France. There's uh, sexual har- harassment uh, scandals coming out of the political uh, uh, arena. And basically, a, a number of women have started talking about the sexual harassment they've been victims of for the past, you know, years and decades and very respect, you know, like very respected members of the um, political field and, and journalists. And it's just a reminder that it's kind of like racism in the U S with the black lives matter movement and things where 
at some point we sort of figured all right racism is over sexism is over and we're good now but now for the past few years we're sort of realizing uh, actually not really uh we still have a long way to go so i just wanted to mention it and some horrendous things happening from you know a number of of uh people coming forward women coming forward and saying what's been happening which is everyone knows about it in those you know in the uh, uh close circles of those those uh environments but no one talks about it and now people are starting to talk about it um And another thing, sort of a funnier, funnier story. Uh, have you guys heard of the soldiers of Odin? Is no? that some sort of fantasy TV show? I have no <laughs> idea what that is. <laughs> it sounds like fun, but it's actually a, uh, a sort of um, militia in Finland with uh, far-right people patrolling the streets and making sure that the streets are safe from those evil immigrants harassing the Finnish women. And uh, they say that they will, you know, just call the police if they see something. But it's, you know, it's, it's that ridiculous uh, institu institutionalized almost racism in in the country and the most wonderful thing happened uh, a few weeks ago the uh, there was someone who got the trademark for soldiers of odin except <laughs> they weren't affiliated with the militia with the far-right militia it was some someone completely different and they are now making soldiers of odin t-shirts and and uh you know other items of clothing with unicorns and rainbows and uh, general anti-racism messaging. So I thought that was awesome and it's, it made me smile. It sounds like Finland, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Isn't it Finland who had speakers underwater for Russian submarines playing gay songs or something <laughs> when Putin got a bit... I don't remember that, but it would not surprise me at all. The Finns are an interesting people. Um, I'll have to ask my wife about the the gay song speakers underwater. That sounds like a, a fun program. Um, It, actually, how how is Finland with gun laws? I mean, are these are these white supremacists wandering around with with armed to protect people, or just wandering around? looking no they're people. you know the Finns. they're cute um they have uh, knives everyone has a knife uh and they have lots of guns in the you know because they they they're they live in the forest and they hunt a lot mm. and stuff like that but they don't have a gun violence problem and those those uh soldiers of odin i really don't think they walk around with guns they don't have that it's not an issue guns aren't an issue in the country even though they do have many or they did but um Okay. Well, no, it's just if you think about something like that happening in America, they would be armed. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. But, well, they have Minutemen in America pa patrolling right. the uh, the Mexican border and stuff like that. Uh, it's, you know, it's not the same, you know, and even the soldiers of Odin, you know, they, they uh, sort of profess their uh not their ethnicity quite as much i guess they do but it's also the soul of finland and odin is obviously a god of the pantheon of uh another country finland has nothing to do with uh the swedish pantheon of, of you know valhalla and all of this it's if you look at finland it's the kalevala which is a completely separate thing so it's <sighs> It's they just they were like oh soldiers of Odin it sounds awesome yes let's do it it's yeah, ridiculous t-shirts with rainbows and unicorns that's what it is now 
Um, all right, move on to. I've spoken way too long. Uh, Bart, what's been happening in Ireland? Well, the story that's been consuming us for quite some time now is our election, which usually in Ireland actually we're known for having short elections. So by U.S. standards, they think we're nuts because we call an election and then four weeks later we vote and then we're done. And so the whole thing just happens in a month. <laughs> that which sounds like a sane standards. way of doing it. but I, I think it works quite well, as I guess it's somewhat on the British model in that way. So we had our election in February. Well, we, it was called in February and we had it on, oh yeah, we had it on the 26th of February. So technically this shouldn't be a story in May, but it didn't quite go to plan. Um, <laughs> we had our vote on the 26th of May and nobody won. What? Or at least... Nobody coherent won. So we've had coalition governments for decades now so, because uh, no I'm sorry, one party. Just for a second, what what elections were those? Okay, our national parliament. So we okay. we have a parliamentary system. So our prime minister is elected by the parliament, and the parliament is elected by the people. Right. And we also have something called a single transferable vote, which is a. So a big problem with a lot of election systems is that they don't result in a parliament that matches the people's opinion. So David Cameron is prime minister of the UK, but he only got about a third. His party only got a third of the votes, but they have the majority in parliament. So there's there's a big difference between the percentage of people who are in favor of a party and the percentage of seats in the houses of parliament who, you know, matching that because they have first past the post. So we have a very different system where our constituencies have at least three seats and a maximum of five. And you, you get what's called a single transferable vote. So you don't put one tick box. You rank the people to ah. as far as you want. So you give people your first preference, your second preference, your third preference. Now, you can stop at any time, but you may keep going until you run out of people. And then, uh, So they count all the votes, and the lowest person is eliminated. And all of their votes then go to the person who's next preference on that vote. And so the votes get redistributed. And then the next lowest person is eliminated. And the next lowest person is eliminated. And you keep eliminating until you're left with the number of seats available. So if it's a five-seat constituency, you eliminate all but five. And then those five are deemed elected. So our parliament genuinely does represent the, the various party beliefs of the people. But that's problematic because we don't have a two-party system. We have many parties. And so no one party ever wins overall or hasn't since 1977 was the last time someone had an overall majority here. So it's not surprising that no one party won. But the problem is no two parties who could conceivably, feasibly form a government together have enough seats to get half. So there are no alliances possible. And the reason there's no alliances possible is largely because of stupid history, as these things tend to go. So in 1922, <laughs> Ireland had a civil war. 1922. And we have two center-right Christian Democratic parties who detest each other. And those two parties have the majority of the seats, and they could form a government, but they can't because they <laughs> refuse to work with each other. So that's why it took... From the 26th of February until the 6th of May, until we had a new prime minister sworn in. And it oh, took, so it did get resolved. It did get resolved in a very Irish way. So the two centre-right parties are not in coalition. What, did they have together. a drinking contest? <laughs> <laughs> I think there may have been some alcohol consumed. But no, they've decided that the party with the most seats. So we have our government is now formed of a party with 50 seats and our parliament has 158 seats. 
So that's not like a minority government with six short. That's a government with more than 100 votes short to do anything. And they are being they are not in government with their other Christian Democratic uh, opposition. However, the other Christian Democrats have agreed that they'll vote with the government on certain issues. And they basically worked out a three year plan for government. And they're officially not in government, but they kind of are. <laughs> and that way they get to keep their, you know, they get to hold face and the country gets to have a government. So right, it's just very unique. <laughs> you I, know, I need some Tylenol or Panadol or whatever you guys take for it. You know, I think it's it, it, the thought that came to me initially, uh, ironically, was, wow, this is democracy at its best. You know, like the thing that cannot the the protests in France and the 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 thing that can't get resolved because the votes don't add up but actually uh, it it uh, in Ireland at least it did get resolved it's it's a little bit messy yes but it is democracy at its best it's people who don't agree who would never agree, who instead of going down in the streets with pikes and forks and guns and shooting each other to decide who's the strongest, actually mm -hmm. do have, are forced to sit down at a table and scream and, and yell and, and, you know, maybe drink. But then yeah, they have to resolve it as, you know, Turkey put it very eloquently, civilized people, right? Yeah, and actually a very strange thing. So because this government is a minority government, we have independent members of our parliament in cabinet positions, which has never happened before, because generally speaking, the parties who form the government take all the cabinet posts because the prime minister appoints the cabinet and therefore he appoints his own party. But he needed the help of nine independents in order to get himself elected as prime minister because he got elected not by winning a majority, but by, the, by the, his natural opposition abstaining. So he won the prime ministership with 59 votes in a parliament of 158 people. So basically everyone sort of put a sort of like a clothes peg for Le Pen kind of thing. They didn't vote against him, but they didn't vote for him either. <laughs> you know, so it's very that, strange. It is incredibly strange, but it makes me strangely hopeful. You know, not, not, yeah, maybe not hopeful, but I guess it makes me believe in democracy more. You know, if even those unsolvable issues manage to, not ideally, but somehow get resolved, um, it, it's, it, it works. It's the least worst system we have. I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll settle for that, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Now, yeah. everyone here is very upset because it took so long to form a government. But the Belgian half of me was laughing at them all. Right. It's the last time Belgium voted. <laughs> I uh, remember It that. took them 430-something, I think it was 435 days to form a government. Because yeah. they also <laughs> always end up with coalitions. But they have the problem that half the country hates the other half of the country. And therefore, French and Flemish parties have to agree with each other in order to form a government. And that wasn't happening. So I think 65 days is fine. I think the Irish could you know, the Irish are doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Spanish, Spanish, I would say, would be happy to have only 65 days to, to get the government. They just, they, 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 we're still trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, long, how long is that then? 
Uh, I think the the elections were in December, and uh, I think they were, it's on June that the, they're going to have finally the uh, elections again. The, the, the decision, the final decision, was at the end to get new elections and see what happens. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. So well, there, there, we... there's 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 no guarantee that there's going to be a government still. Wow. So, so we uh, almost came close to that, actually. But the, the Irish president sort of stepped in at the last a few days before it all got resolved. The Irish president stepped in and went, by the way, I have the constitutional power to fire you all. Yeah. Just letting you know. Have a nice day. <laughs> that, that sounds like a good constitutional power to have for a president who I'm guessing doesn't do a lot more in Ireland. But, no, no. Um, the president is very ceremonial. The president has to sign every law, and the president has responsibility for making sure the laws are constitutional by referring every law that he or she is skeptical of to the highest court in the land. So the only time the president tends to come up is when there's a law that's a bit dubious, and the question is, will it or won't it go to the courts? Right, right. And then also the president dissolves parliament, and the president can dissolve parliament for any reason he or she would like. Right. Hmm. Um, so... Franco, what can you tell us a little bit of how it's going in your corner of the world? Because you were saying you wanted to talk about elections uh, as well. Uh, yes, sure. Um, I, I'm not really an, an expert on, on, on politics, be it Spanish or Peruvian, uh, but uh, I think that it's it's interesting still to, to discuss a little bit about um, elections in both countries. Um, so um, uh, there were uh, elections in Spain in December. Uh, I think I don't get to vote in those, but uh, of course I, I've been I've been um, being updated or being be, being reading, uh, of course, and discussing with a lot of people. Uh, so there were elections in December. There were very uh, interesting elections in the sense that uh, finally, uh, for a long time, Spain has had uh, only two two main parties that have been switching uh, governments uh, since uh, the dictatorship ended. And um, um, I would guess more or less just like France. Uh, and uh, Yeah, that's, the thing that's is how that it's been going in France as well. It's left, right, left, right. A lot of right, a little bit of left, surprisingly. <laughs> And, um, and, uh, and 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 these, these elections, what happened? What happened? And it, it was predicted to be like this. It, 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 what, what happened is that there's now more or less four main parties. Um, uh, and uh, so, so, so talking about democracy, that's uh, everyone I think agrees here that that's a good thing. <laughs> um, even if you, if you, even if, if if you don't support the parties that are the new ones, uh, I think, I think everyone, everyone except everyone. Turkey, almost everyone except Turkey, agrees democracy is a good thing. <laughs> I'm not saying democracy is not a good thing, but that's not democracy when you're rioting in the streets. <laughs> well, one, well, actually, one of these parties, Podemos, actually rose uh, because of the protests uh, some years ago. So in, in that sense, uh, I'm not saying it is it, justified, but it, it's it's curious how it, because of uh, a protest um, group of people actually decided to make something about it and they formed a party. To, to, to go into elections, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> even 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 something can go, come from uh, from protests. I guess well, they were they were peaceful, but still. Yeah, I think uh, uh. just to to set the record straight, I think a lot of good things can come from protests, and sometimes from protests wh which 
Oh, I we mentioned it on on the last show, but from protests in which uh, old people like me would say, "Oh, those kids, they're being violent," and blah blah blah. You know, the the '68 protests in France, I'm sure, made a lot of people unhappy. It, it, I would have been unhappy about those, but the results were necessary. So, just you know, putting a little bit of perspective there. But sorry, keep keep going. Uh, and and so uh, there, there's this sense is, or spirit of uncertainty. Uh, so for this uh, for for a whole of uh, this year, uh, these four parties have been discussing between them possible coalitions, and uh, obviously they didn't they haven't got any, any anything decided. Uh, the the the, the Broadly speaking, the possibilities were uh, a, a grand left-right coalition, meaning the old party coalition, the two old parties, um, uh, PP and PSOE, uh, uniting uh, in, in, a, in, in a one in a one government. That didn't happen. Another option was a, a, a big left coalition, but be, being there so many left. Left uh, left wing parties uh, it, uh, it didn't it didn't come uh, or it didn't it didn't it, it wasn't also possible. So <laughs> I, I remember when Bart was talking about the president here. There's no president, but there's a king. So the king mm. tried to try to to make parties talk to each other. So there were again. This has happened for the whole of this year. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of meetings and a lot of talking and, and speculating. But uh, at the end, it, I think they did just realize that it was not going to happen. And it's because um, the pledges between the, the the parties have been so different that no one wants to no one wants to give part of their their promises to 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 make a coalition because. Part of the, the the two two new parties, part of what they they, they stand for is they don't they, they, they reject the old ones. So it's uh, at least from my point of view, it's 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 uh, for them a uh, question of principle that they cannot unite with the old ones because then they are betraying the people that vote for them, voted for them. So uh, it's uh, I'm guessing it's 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 really uh, really complicated, and, and they're predicting that in the June election. Uh, it, 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 there's not going to be because of the the, the polling, the polls. There's there uh, the, the polls predict that in June um, the, the elections will will, re will return the same results or, or very similar ones, and uh, and so no one knows what's going to happen if, if, if Spain's going to keep like this in, in, in emergency mode without a government for for very long and people are discussing Belgium and they said they're saying if Belgium did it why can't we <laughs> well actually just you mentioned right so just to say the reason it worked in Belgium without destroying the country was Belgium is very very decentralized so yeah there is a national parliament but the Flemish parliament has an awful lot of power and the Wallonian parliament has an awful lot of power and then each Within those, even the local governments have an awful lot of power. So what people in Belgium noticed was that the national government really isn't very important. And I, don't, I think the only reason it got solved was because the national government were afraid that if they didn't get their act together, there wouldn't be a nation for them to govern because they'd just split in half and go their own way. <laughs> that would be one way to solve the issue. Um, but you know, yeah, it's very practical. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, in the north, they seem to be a little bit more practical than than Central and Southern Europeans like us. We we get hung up on the details and principle a lot, and it seems like you know in the north and in the more Protestant countries, they at some point they sit down and think, all right, we we actually have to solve this. So let's be realistic about everything and discuss things like adults and find a solution because we can't just, you know, it needs to be worked out. Um, whereas we'll go to, you know, any length to protect the principles. Uh, Turkey, you were saying they're, they're selfish in France. And I think there is some of that, a little bit of individuality, but I think it's also caring about your principles so much that you won't let go of them for anything, even if you desperately need a practical solution. I think there's some of that too. Um, just, I do just want to throw in, right? Ireland and Belgium, not Protestant countries. Right, right. Very, no, very, yeah, yeah. very not Protestant countries in the case of No, Ireland. of course, of course, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm always, now, anytime I talk about anything, my vision is colored by Scandinavia and Finland. And in, in those countries, they seem to be, you know, trying to resolve the, the issues. But uh, yeah, you're right. Obviously, it doesn't apply there. But um, um, I also, you know, there's something I'm, I, a pattern of, rejection of establishment that seems to be worldwide because i mean obviously we all know what's happening with uh with trump in the u.s and you know i was talking about facepalm with the french things happening earlier i think the u.s is anyway we should discuss that i i don't think it can be discussed more but um in in france there is certainly it's it feels like there is this boiling over of no matter who you vote for, things don't change. And for every different kind of reason, you know, in, in many different places, it's not even, again, it's not a thing about the right or the left. It's people, you know, the rise of the far right is in Europe is very often a protest against the established parties, which have been here since the end of World War II, and that the people feel aren't uh, fixing issues. Um, I think, to an extent, the movements of the uh, far left in France and and, uh, Spain and uh, Greece are also reactions to the people feel like they're not being heard. So... I don't know if there's anything to take away from that, but it's a sentiment that I think is getting common in in many different places for different reasons, but with the same core. Is that does that bring uh, any thing to you guys? Oh, yeah. I think it's it's relevant to what we were to what you were saying previously about democracy, and I think that I, I do not I do not support the the, the the protest these protest parties that are coming, but it is true that it's the way that we have decided here just a little bit uh, some minutes before that it's the way that people have to 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 protest peacefully. It's just to vote for someone else, and I think that it's it's again democracy at its best saying people 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 saying we don't like these governments 
and uh, it's 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 how democracy has has taught people that it's how you 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 tell the the politics uh, that they're not representing you and they're they're not doing what you want them to do. Even even I'm I'm sure a lot of people are not voting for these protest parties because because they support them. But it's a way at least to say to the old establishment, you cannot uh, assume that we are going to vote for you forever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think in Europe, I think a lot of the reason people are cranky, upset, betrayed by the establishment is because of the way that the European Union is governed, which is supremely undemocratic. It, it's kind of, a. I think it's astounding that a group of democracies have decided to club together in the least democratic union I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it well, is amazing. I'm, I'm thinking if it was more democratic, it just wouldn't work. Everyone is protecting their interests so much that they, we would never find common ground. It's worse than the US, you know? They have at least the idea of America and freedom that binds them together. Not freedom. I, I don't, I'm not trying to troll. The idea of America is binding them together. In Europe, the right. idea of Europe is not you know, it's it's very artificial still. Every even right. in a in an extremely practical way, the interests of each country in different industries is completely different. You have some countries that are agrarian, some countries which have services, some countries where you know it's silly things like the movie industry in France is huge, and that. Lay, that in, has implications in copyright law and trademark law and these kinds of things, you know. So, I I don't think okay, it would but, be possible. But why to is learn. there no sense of Europeanness? The reason is because we don't actually get to have a say in Europe. We we elect members of parliament who, in most, particularly in the parliamentary systems, they then elect a prime minister who then chooses a government, and those governments then choose people to send to Europe. That's so many layers away from people at the ballot box. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And but, I, but we don't but, have but a Europe, Europe, Europe has achieved a lot. Europe has achieved a oh, lot. Oh yeah, it and has. You, you, in Europe, in Europe, is a great example of how you, people can be unified. And and I'm, I'm saying this because I'm coming from a background that people here are pissed as hell because we are Arabs, we follow the same religion, Islam. And everything, and we are still divided, and we could never agree on anything unifying. You got to the European Union, people of different religious backgrounds, different uh, languages, uh, different ethnicities, different everything, and they are uni- uniting under one banner. It's still an amazing achievement for Europe. So I really don't see where the problem is. No, it's an amazing achievement, but it's an incomplete process, and I think it's it's stagnated a bit. Like there hasn't been a big change in Europe in quite some time. The European Union has sort of ground to a halt, and an establishment has set in, and who just like to do things the way we've always done things. We've because, hit a massive. It grew, it grew too fast. That's the problem. It was. It's Possibly. growing too fast. They they added too many countries before they can even establish the basics correctly. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. I think that's very fair. But on the other hand, remember, it grew re- really fast after the fall of the Eastern Bloc. And I think at that point, getting the old Eastern countries into Europe to sort of get them away from <laughs> the sphere of influence of Russia might have been a good thing because it's, well, a good thing for Europe. And many times they're. The, uh, uh, some of the very stable economies, surprisingly, you know, because they're new and young and they have, you know, after the, the end of communism, they had this this energy and thirst for things. Um, 
I think it's it's yes in in some ways it hurt the European identity a little bit that we integrated so many people so quickly but I think on the overall picture it might have been a positive thing um for the stability of the the continent but um well yeah I mean I I don't want to be anti well, I'm not. I'm actually very, very pro-European because I, I, I think we're much better off getting into larger groupings instead of you know small parochial national interests. But my concern is that the European Union is going to disintegrate if it doesn't mm. react to the fact that it's not, it's not working well. We had a major financial crisis, and the European Union reacted in gridlock. Like yeah. the, it just locked up. It achieved yeah, because nothing. because basically Europe just looked at growing before they even worked on making sure everything is working correctly. Well, okay, yeah, they were too aggressively looking at growth. Be that as it may, now that's the situation we have, so we mm-hmm. have to deal with it. But um, yes, which is why I'm saying we need re- there needs to be European reform to keep this project on the rails, and I want it on the rails. I I want Europe to succeed, but I know that if things don't change, it is going to fall apart and. My neighbors across the water here in the UK may throw a gigantic wrench into the cogs within the next month. Yeah, they're voting for their uh, Brexit. Um, But, you know, we have European parliamentary elections. We have, I mean, some more direct democracy form of of governance for, for Europe would federalize it even more. It would it would take away. I think you know. I maybe I'm not looking at this right, but it would take away even more uh, power and uh, from the each constituent country right. and bring it into the. And that is not something that people want. I think. Well, I think people need. I, I think my. I, I'm not sure what your. Um, there's a certain phrase: "Pooper, get off the pot." Usually, <laughs> the word "poop" isn't used. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we are moving towards a more united Europe, then we need to keep moving towards a more united Europe. Either we're either we're a union or we're not. You know, yeah. the United States of Europe is not the boogeyman. The United States of Europe is how you have a successful large union. The United States of America shows the way. And our biggest problem is around economics. Yeah. And the United States of America does not suffer in recessions the way Europe does because they have a united currency and a central bank and stuff that is working properly. So when, when a state suffers, massive money flows from the central coffers into that state. When Ireland, Spain, and Greece suffered, we were left to suffer. Yeah. That's not how it works. I completely agree, and I would root for a more unified, federalized, centralized Europe in many ways, um, but I think that's going to be a very tough pill to swallow for many Europeans, but I'm with you. I I agree. I think we should, you know, in your metaphor, we should poop, not get off the pot. I think that's the way it works. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to say a few words about the the Peruvian elections, uh, Franco, before we move on to Saudi yeah, Arabia? Very very quick ones. Uh, I, I was I was uh, I was thinking on making doing a parallel with uh, uh, Europe's uh, slowness or or, or, uh, or or Spain's for celebration of four parties. Uh, in Peru, we had elections in April. In these ones, I, I need to uh, I have to vote. I vote, but I also have to because they are obligatory in Peru. And um, imagine imagine this in Spain they're happy because they have four parties. In Peru, we had seventeen parties in our elections <laughs> i don't know if that's good but if democracy is the number of parties then we're very democratic in peru 
and um, it's it's actually and it's actually very strange because uh, there's not a it's it, there's so many parties that the, even the main ones there were like six main ones so it was still very divided the, the votes and then and, and I mean three or four were more or less the same uh, the same um, ideas so it's I think in Peru it's 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 a quite a different uh, uh, way of voting you vote for the president. And you vote for the the face of the people. If you trust the the guy who's who's leading the party, you vote for the party. And um, yeah, well, we had elections in April. Um, as always, in none none of the um, the candidates got uh, more than fifty percent of the vote. Yeah, with, so with seventeen parties, seventeen parties, uh, <laughs> I would guess. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite splitted, right? Um, so we, we're having uh, another elections in June, I think. So we're uh, uh, we're having uh, them together with Spain, I guess. And um, the options are two parties that are not really that different one from the other. So right now they're just fighting really hard to to to. To make make each other different from the from the other competitor. Uh, what did I miss? <laughs> uh, just the Peruvian elections with seventeen seventeen parties. It's fine. More oh, more democracy so, uh, that you that you hate or like, <laughs> or I don't even know anymore now. <laughs> well, I, I have I have a question actually. So obviously you have your first election where you vote for the leaders of the party and then you have the runoff election where you get the final answer. So how, how do you qualify to go from the first election to the second election? How do you, how do you get your name into the second option? You need you, the, the, the vote, the, the two most voted parties go to the second okay. election. So, so it's, um, it, it's every count, every vote counts as one vote and they just mm-hmm. uh, 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 through the whole country and they just sum all the votes for each party and the two that have the most most votes go to the second round. So the that first should be party easy. was yeah. That should be easy even right. if if the two highest uh, voted parties have, you know, 7 and 11%, they still they're the ones that go to the second round and and then you're done. Yeah. Is it yeah, it's weird, but then you end up with a very split par- parliament because when you when you choose your president, you also vote for the parliament. Right, and so uh, you don't need to choose the parliament uh, for the the same party as the president, actually. Um, oh. I think, uh, but um, the thing is that even most people do, and uh, at the end, of course, you, you end up with a party uh, with a parliament with a lot of parties. Uh, and only one president, but the president can have uh, not much representation in the parliament. I guess the par- the president's party. In in this in this case, the the the, the first the first um, um, the the candidate of the party that got got the most votes, which uh, is um, Forza Popular, I think, um, uh, got uh, has a. a, a, a sizable part of the parliament this time but it's not usually the case so you end up with very uh, politics that do, do not work very much because yeah you don't have much uh, um i don't know you're not very united yeah, uh, when yeah. you make those and then you can't get um, any any law to to be voted on and stuff like that again as we were saying yeah. democracy at its best that's you know <laughs> the way it works 
well, right. To be honest, it kind of is good, though, because it means that only stuff that has a broad appeal gets through the parliament, because yeah. you, you can't vote for a... Na- you can't propose something with a narrow interest, because then one of you know one out of 17 will go, yes, and 16 out of 17 will go, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, exactly, because then maybe you don't decide... Na- you didn't decide anything, and then what's better, to decide th- something that is not very good or some or nothing at all uh, it's That's, hard to, to, to say that um, is the big and, question um, yeah and and, and and making it a little more fun or fun i don't know if it's fun for peruvians but uh the the, the candidate the first uh, that has the most votes right now is and it's and that the, the, they're saying it's it's it, it well her it's 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 a it's a woman first of all she would be the first president if she's elected her name is Keiko Fujimori, which sounds very um, Japanese because oh, so, yeah, there there are lots of uh, just, Japanese yeah yeah there there are a lot of Japanese in Peru actually, and um, she's actually the daughter of our of an ex president in Peru who is in jail right now <laughs> and, and, the, and and who tried to stay more more time than he was supposed to. And the, the, yeah, it, there's a long history. You can search for it. It's, he was um, from the 90s to the 2000s. Um, uh, yeah, Alberto Fujimori. He's, yeah, yeah. It has probably gotten in the news at some point. And um, and so the, the idea is people vote for her because she's her daughter. But it doesn't mean that she has anything valuable uh, as, as, as uh, skills for, 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 you know, for, for being a president. And so it's, it's, it's because of the popularity of his parent, uh, her, her parent, uh, her father, um, that she's being elected. And um, yeah, and, and, and again, Alberto Fujimori is a very controversial character in Peru. A lot of people hate it. And a lot of people have good memories of the government, I guess. So yeah, it's 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 weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Again, another one. I think I I, I thank thanks, Franco. Uh, I really hope that Turkey, you have you have found some election for something in the entire you know I don't know your neighborhood to talk about because this is going to be entirely uh, about elections and democracy. I got I got a gigantic headache right now, guys. <laughs> Democracy well, is too much. Yeah, too exactly. much work. Exactly. It's uh, <laughs> you. You don't have to worry about those things. You don't have democracy. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you have uh, for us today, Turkey? Ah, uh, well, there's not much going on here. It's mostly quiet. But in Saudi itself. Uh, All right. Thank you very much, to- everyone. We'll talk to you next. No, what? No. You, I'm still ahead. talking here. In <laughs> <laughs> Saudi, the biggest events were uh, a recent reshuffle in the government, um, new ministers, uh, changes in ministries, and there is the, some what we call uh, the Vision 2030, which Saudi Arabia has announced, and which part Vision of it? Vision 2030. Oh, so like yeah. t- for the year 2030, what, where are you going to go? Yes, yeah, from now until 2030, what is the government planning to achieve? Oh, that's interesting. And, and, and the biggest news out of that is economical, which is basically uh, the person responsible for the vision is the deputy crown prince. Uh, he's the son of the king, and uh, his vision is that 
they would be putting 5% of Saudi Aramco. Aramco is the Saudi oil company, which controls the entire oil in Saudi Arabia. They want to put 5% of that in the stock market. Really? So I think, yeah, and that's about uh, valued at around, I think, $200 billion. Okay, that that's sounds only the 5%. funny. That's the 5%. That's only the 5%, $200 billion. That's, so wait a second. When you were saying Saudi's vision 2030, I thought yeah. you were going to talk about like how to develop some kind of industry that would you know, allow uh, for it, the it, country it includes, to... It includes, it includes all of that stuff. It includes employment, uh, uh, privatization, uh, promoting it, uh, religious tourism, uh, it, um, promoting in foreign investment has a lot of stuff but the biggest number one news that if it actually happened is going to hit the market is that they're going to sell five percent of the saudi aramco in the stock market oh sorry okay so you mean they're going to let the private private investors get into the uh capital of the saudi yep. oil oh okay 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 all right so you would own part of the saudi oil company which has been property of the the country and the it's prince been a privatized and the king since, for since since the eighties, early eighties. It's been privatized. Before that, it was a uh, partly owned by uh, Americans. It was an American company. It was privatized in the eighties. It's valued right now, according to the market, at two trillion dollars. Sorry, when you say privatized, you mean it was taken? It, it was nationalized. Oh, sorry, not privatized. Nationalized. Sorry, right, I'm sorry, right, right. Okay. Yeah, they're going to privatize part of it right now, which is 5% of it they want to... I think Saudi Aramco is, is the biggest company in the world or something. It is. Uh, Value-wise, it it's, it's valued at $2 trillion. Jeez. Okay. Um, what are they going to do with the money? Uh, they're supposed, According to that, one of the plans is they're going to st uh, start uh, an investment fund, uh, a government fund to invest internationally, and they're going to put that money into that fund. Okay. And that's another thing. They're going to have uh, about two trillion values of an investment fund, a government investment fund to invest internationally. Hmm. Two trillion? Two trillion. Dollars? Yep. But, I really how how much <laughs> that's is the plan. That's so much money it's hard to comprehend. How much did you <laughs> say uh the the old company was valued for? Uh, it was the value of the same amount that they want to put in the fund, but they're bringing different sources but okay. to uh, in the fund, but one of it is the 200 uh, billion dollars they're going to Right, that's sell from the from, 5%, yeah, right, right. The shares. Yeah, the shares they're going to sell. And uh, the rumor is, that there's nothing official yet, that they're going to sell it in three different markets at the same time, which is going to be in New York, London, and Hong Kong. But isn't oil on the way out, though? Isn't, like, if you want an investment, you want if you want to buy this, you want it to get a, uh, a return of, not on exactly. investment? It's, it's, it's oil and... Uh, I personally don't believe oil is ever going to be on the way out. Oil is going to be around as long as it's there because you can't switch. It won't be there forever. Yeah, as I said, as long as it's there. And it's going to be there, at least in Saudi at the moment. Estimates are 80 years still mm. of oil reserves. So, so 2030 is nowhere near the end of oil. 
Yeah. And uh, the other thing, Aramco is a huge, gigantic company, and it's invested in other investments. It's also investing, and right now, it started investing in uh, alternative energies. So it doesn't do all the oil. And, of course, it owns a lot of petrochemical companies also. So it, uh, it's a diverse uh, economy and uh, to be honest i'm i'm not sure about this plan i i don't think it's a great idea to even sell five percent of that company privatization that i think the amount of headaches we're going to get out of it is going to exceed the benefits we're going to get out of it hmm. because right now aramco is mostly protected by international law because it's 100 percent government owned Mm. So as soon as you put part of it on the market, then it's not not uh, government protected anymore by international law. So you can sue it. You can go after it for any reasons, discrimination in the workplace, uh, accuse it of uh, uh, financing terrorism or whatever. For any reason, they can go after it. And I really don't think that's a good idea. Uh, but Turkey, I think that uh, from what I've read, I thought that the, the idea of the privatization of of part privatization was to reform it also to have the chance to reform it not only because of the money i don't know it's it, maybe uh, it's, it's a way of the government trying to say we want to reform the company and the way is bringing people from outside to i, I don't know or maybe well, it's an excuse to reform it or something it's 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 just some of the stuff that is being said is that but to be honest there's way more important companies to reform because Aramco is one of the best run companies in Saudi Arabia. So why do you want to reform and fix something that's running perfectly when you have other disasters that really need to be fixed? Is this being... Um so I'm not sure if sold is right, or is this being publicized as an opportunity for, you know, regular Saudi Arabians to get a share of that wealth? Because I know in Ireland, when we uh, went on a little bit of a... Indirectly, okay. it is. Indirectly, yeah. because there's, the details have not been announced exactly how they're going to do it, but indirectly they are hinting that that's what they're targeting to. Part of it is to be sold to individuals in Saudi if they want and to own part of the company. That, Doug, we've had a... a we, in Ireland, we went through a little phase of copying Margaret Thatcher because that was the done thing back in the 80s, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, later than that. Um, and we we had state-run telecommunications and we privatized it. And it was sold to the people as a way for you to make a little bit of quick money, you know, join in, invest in Aircom. And well, basically, the shares were, that's the... Well, the shares were overvalued. And basically, it effectively lost the government the election because... People invested in Aircom having been told it was a safe bet. The stock went through the floor and people who probably shouldn't have invested money because they didn't have spare money lost money. And it was it put an end to our fetish for privatization. <laughs> well, from from my experience and understanding, we're more careful here. We don't privatize the entire company immediately. So usually, for example, we did uh, had some privatization years ago for the telecommunications company. So you had the Saudi telecommunication company, STC, mm-hmm. and uh, the government still owns part of it until today. Mm-hmm. Even though it's on the stock market, it was uh, sold to the public and everything. So they kind of make sure at least to control it for a while, to make sure the price doesn't crash for a while. And then when the market is stabilized and it's uh, 
recognized as an independent company and running, then then they let it free. Then that's the responsibility of the individuals. But when you go into stock here, when it first and and our stock market, by the way, is compared to internationally, it's very small. Like I don't, I don't know if we have even a hundred companies right now in the stock market in Saudi. Okay. So uh, so it's not that so people are aggressively buying in the stock market right now uh, it's a volatile we did have a crash in the stock market uh, i think it was 2006 or something i really can't remember it was a huge crash but those weren't brand new companies those were just people playing the stock market and ended up uh, finally crashing when everything was uh, exposed yeah mm. yeah so basically yeah i i think if they sell the stock to individuals in Saudi, it's never gonna. It's not gonna crash. At least not in the first period, like in the first month or two. And most Saudis here, uh, there's two types of Saudis. They are short-term and long-term investors in stock market. The mm. majority they buy the stock in the IPO and they sell it as soon as it's on the market, because it, as soon as it's on the market, the price goes up like 10, 20 percent, sometimes even 100 percent, and they just sell it immediately. Yeah. Have a few minority actually just hold on to it and keep it in their portfolio. So, all right. So Turkey, I want to get rich quick. Should I buy some <laughs> stock? <laughs> Me personally, I think the worst thing to do is buy stock, especially in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> all right. Thank you for your advice. That is all I needed to know. <laughs> Ooh! Oh my God! They're coming to get you! Quick! <laughs> that was my that was my that morning alarm clock. Oh, no, that was me. That was my alarm clock saying it's time to get up. That's how you get up? Oh, my God. That would be so scary. Trek. That's scary. Dude. Yeah. That's it's scary. a Star Trek red alert. It works. Oh, it right. <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense. All right. My wife would kill me if she heard that. <laughs> uh, well, you wake up at least. Apparently, it was difficult to wake up. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that that is going to bring us to uh, the end of the show. Unless anyone has something to add, I think we should be We haven't good. talked about the, the Egypt air. Um, do we have to, though? I don't... I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't know anything. Well, I want to see your opinion. Well, we don't, we don't know anything. Do we? Hmm? We, we, there is... There is, there is. We don't. We don't know that yet, though. Yeah, but it's it's the most uh, acceptable theory at the moment. It's because there's only two re things that will bring it down: is either terrorism or technical faults. Well, it could be well, technical it's, faults. You know, it could be technical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turkey just wants to. You you just want to to breed controversy and and uh, anger and frustration, don't you? Oh, I, I don't need to do that. I'm sure the Western media has been doing that very well without my help. Actually, I don't think so. I haven't seen a lot of alarmists. I mean, I haven't been following it closely, but I haven't seen any, uh, oh my God, it's terrorists uh, rhetoric. Have you guys? Oh, yeah. I heard Apart a lot from the US that. election. <laughs> okay. Bart? Like it's Donald Trump isn't... Just, yeah. Donald Trump isn't pretending that there's any doubt. Donald well, Trump is just saying flat out it was terrorists because yeah, he's Donald Trump and that's what he does. Right, but that's Donald Trump. I'm talking about local media. Okay, okay. So Donald Trump, how scared are people that he actually might win? <laughs> Bloody very. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I don't, I'm I starting would... to get scared. I kept on saying there's no way, even if he wins the Republican vote, he wouldn't win. But but Clinton is not helping. She's becoming a bigger idiot by the time. I, I, th- I think the important thing is is to make, believe, pe- make people believe that Trump is going to be elected so they get scared and vote against him and then he doesn't get elected. I think that's that's very important because uh, if, they, if they're afraid, if people are afraid that this, he's going to be elected, they will not vote for him and then we, they will all be saved. Maybe. You know, Maybe. I, was, I was talking about this on, on Twitter a couple of days ago and it's, I mean, obviously it's it's not funny anymore and it hasn't been funny for a while. Now he has the nomination. He is the Republican nominee right no uh, not yet i mean no. not yet but he has the votes it would be very surprising yeah. if he if he wasn't um yeah and it's a, a, a mix of bewilderment and it's literally i mean it's electing a clown and i don't know some people i was saying you know if the the trump actually ends up becoming president it will do, do more harm to the image of the U.S. and the standing of the U.S. in the world than anything the U.S. have ever done, you know, in the past. Good things, which were good to their standing, or bad things. Like, there's there's nothing worse that could happen for the U.S. to be discredited. Like, anything they do after that. I was saying, again, on Twitter, I was saying, let's say they... they cure cancer or you know give us the iphone 17 or come and save us from the germans again no matter what stop they do stuff after like that, that people start unfollowing you no matter what <laughs> they do after that it, it will always be yeah that's cool but remember that time trump was your president and then you you fall over <laughs> laughing it's it's unconscionable to me and i understand that you know clinton is apparently not ideal but the fact that, and I mean the other nominees, and I don't, it's, I don't understand. How can a, a country consider this? And I was saying this, and I had people um, telling me on Twitter, oh, but you know, in France, we had this and that. And I'm sure that in every country, you've had people that you weren't happy were elected prime minister or president or whatever. But there's no comparison there's no comparison. It's like electing a comedian who's a bad comedian at that. I, it's, and, and I think that's, but, that, that goes back to this idea that people are just pissed, angry with the, the establishment, quote-unquote. You know, and it manifests itself in different ways in different countries. In, in France, it's people blocking the oil reserves. In, in Spain, it's people voting for 15 different country, uh, parties. And in the U.S., it's people voting for Trump because they're just angry. And they're like, whatever. And, just- and, and, that's, and that's what I think is the worst thing about the U.S., is that it's a two-party democracy. Yeah. That's the worst it, it, thing about the U.S., it's only one party away from being a one-party state. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I'm serious, I'm seriously, it's when the choice is when it's so ingrained that it's going to be one party or the other party, you end up with two establishments. Your only choice is establishment. It's it's very. It doesn't lead to a particularly healthy democratic debate. I mean, okay, they chose Donald Trump, but what was their choice? Like, look at the other eighteen candidates who were who were put forward. Were any of them any more sane? Really, I mean, they were all more, the, the, I believe, the, the, the toilet trained, but their actual no. policies, their actual economics were based no, on... No, some of them the were same. sane, but, but the, the top 
group. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, that's I'm the thing. Saying. The, the, the top <laughs> yeah, sorry, runner. Those were the chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those the, were the chance. I mean, their economic policies are all gaga. Like, you know, we understand the economic. Well, yeah. we understand a fair bit of economics. We've done a couple of centuries of science on it. Ignoring it all is not a particularly sensible approach, and they all did it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, I I almost was going to talk about it, but it's true. The others weren't it's it's so much I don't know how you get to a situation. I guess Trump is a symptom more than uh than a um, you know, the real issue. And but the symptom is so it, it sticks out like a sore something. And <laughs> but it, yeah, I guess at some point you can only vote so many times for people and, and hope that it's going to work until you throw everything up in the air and you're like, fine, whatever, you know, let's let's give the clown a chance and see but what I happens. I think that right? it's 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 important to and, and, and this this relates to, to, to my experience of politics, uh, of history of politics in Peru is that at the end, uh, it's also important to keep in in, in mind that. You, you're going to have this president for five years or, or whatever amount of years, and you really, really need to not uh, go past the okay. He's a clown. He's uh, he's uh, we're going to we're, we're going to laugh five years uh, from now of what he did. But also, it's it's the dangerous part of of electing someone who is not competent or able to do whatever crazy idea he has in mind. In, well, in, in well Peru, it wouldn't in the, be the first in the history of the U.S. We did have George W. Bush. Yes, it's The true. scary thing and, is... Yeah, like, but even, you know, Bush even compared to Bush, even compared... Yeah, exactly. Even compared to Bush, I mean, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, actually, he's a very intelligent person and he knows this, and I'm not convinced at all that Trump is... I mean, he obviously is media-savvy, but I don't think, you know, people were saying, oh, Bush, actually, he is intelligent. I don't know that that has to be the case. You're, when you're saying... No, but, but Bush, Bush was... Uh, the, the advantage of Bush had his father train him in. That's the difference. Maybe. Yeah, he was, he was part of a... Of, uh, he was part of an elite, which meant that he was protected from himself because hmm. all of his father's smartest people were put around him. I mean, you know, the, the vice president's office kind of ran the country. Yeah, and yeah, I guess if you make if you make a whole country depend on one person, actually, and and Trump, I think, is the kind of person that that is able is able because of his charisma or his his way of thinking to to take a decision uh, based on only what he thinks. At least that, that's the impression I have. That you have a very uncertain future for a country, and whether good or bad, uncertainty is never is never good because it can become very bad at some mm -hmm. point. Yeah, you're just a, a very bad decision away from a, a crisis. Well, uh, he 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 was asked whose advice would you take, and he said, "Well, I talk to myself." <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's no there's no doubt that he is. It, it, he could be dangerous. I mean, you know what? Maybe it's going to turn out that he's going to surround himself with the smartest people and he's going to heed their advice and he's going to make bold decisions that are going to work out. Yes, maybe all of this is going to happen. But, you know, there are with maybes. Why take a chance? Yeah, well, you know, with it, we have a saying in, in French which says... Uh, with maybes, you could put Paris in a bottle. Like, it, with theoreticals, you can do anything, basically. And yes, maybe things are going to be perfect with Trump. And President Trump with, will be looked upon for centuries as the savior of democracy, the modern world, and our way of life. Maybe. 
But it certainly doesn't look like that. He looks like an idiot. Well, in his Hitler suit, was seen so. as the savior of Germany. Yeah. Well, okay. You just crossed the 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 <laughs> Godwin Godwin law. Godwin law. We started talking about Nazis. I think that is a sign that we should end this discussion. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 a concern. Well, he Let's he, put it like he that. did declare that it's going to be a workers' party right now. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Um, all right. Thank you so much, guys, for, for being on. Um, before we close the show, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, first of all, the podcast awards have, uh, declared their, um, the, the podcasts that are, have been selected. And the Felix Club is selected in society and culture in that category. And so I'm actually not necessarily going to encourage you guys to go vote for it because the voting opens on May 29th. So just in in a couple of days, um, but you can vote every day, and I don't understand that system. It's basically funneling your audience to go and vote every day for the thing, and I don't want to be the guy that says, "Oh, please go vote for me every day for however many weeks it's going to happen." But I, I'm very honored and happy to be part of the selection. We'll see what happens. Maybe some shenanigans are going to take place, and things will happen. But it's it's a weird thing um but yeah the podcast awards if you feel like voting of course please go and do so i would be happy um and it's at podcastawards.com and uh, the other thing is uh, itunes comment as usual um <laughs> by i'm just uh, i'm just saying from the U.S. has come to say that he love he or she loves the show. Uh, they say it's great. I'm learning a lot of things about everyday life in other countries, which regrettably was missing from my my, uh, my worldview, etc., etc. Thank you very much for the comment. If you wish to give us a hand, uh, please go to your iTunes or any other podcasts uh, podcast catalog and leave uh, a few stars and a review. That would make me extremely happy, and it helps other people discover the show so if you enjoyed this one uh, you can do that you can also go to patreon patreon.com slash the club and support the show financially which would make me even more happy because just like those dirty americans i love money so uh, if you could do that that would be awesome as well if you think the show is worth it is worth it then patreon.com slash the club um and of so course, loving money makes you a dirty american uh, no, I just love money like the because, dirty Americans do. It, well, it, because it, if, that, if that's true, then I'm the dirtiest American ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that it's a bad thing. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, since you seem chatty, Turkey, why don't you tell people where they can find your, uh, your web shenanigans? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Turkey Albala, T U R K I A L B A L L A. I try to post from time to time, and uh, you can find me here on the Phillies Club for on occasions. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back. Um, Bart, where are you? What do you do on the internet? Uh, well, actually, I'm delighted to find that there is another monthly podcast because I thought I was the only person who did monthly podcasts. <laughs> so. <laughs> I do two monthly podcasts, one called Let's Talk Apple, where we get together at the end of the month, which is usually the first few days of the next month, and we talk about everything Apple newsworthy in the last month. So very similar idea to what we're doing here today, but all about Apple instead of about you know the world. <laughs> uh, and then Let's Talk Photography, which is it's sort of in the middle of the month, and it's all about the art and craft of photography 
not about this camera versus that camera or this lens versus that lens or this software versus this other software. It's about, you know, the stuff that every photographer should be thinking about. It doesn't matter whether you're using camera phone or whether you use the world's most expensive camera. It's all photography, and that's what we want to talk about. So let's-talk.ie is where you'll find my stuff. Excellent. And uh, I'm going to let you say your Twitter name because I'm I'm unable to pronounce this. <laughs> Okay, so we have the technical pronunciation for my surname is Buschutz, which is the Flemish pronunciation. But we have decided as a family that no one can say that in the English-speaking world. <laughs> so we have opted for the alternative pronunciation of Buschutz. But it's Bravo Uniform Sierra Sierra Charlie Hotel Oscar Tango Sierra, which I say so often. Excellent. That is an amazing way of saying it. Um, so uh, the, the, the Twitter name will be in the uh, show notes, of course, and you can f go through that uh, to get to the podcast. So if you're interested, just do that. And uh, of course, thank you very much, Franco, for representing the entirety of the Spanish-speaking world uh, today on the show. I don't think you, you do have a, a presence on the internet, do you? Um, I think, I, I, well, I have Google Plus. That's the only thing I have. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to Which laugh. is weird because it's, it's it never, no one has. Um, I, I post things from time to time. Uh, but uh, again, I, I do not have much, much more things than that. Yes. Yeah, so, so you can find me, I think, in Google Plus. I don't know if you search my name. I guess you find me. I, I, I do publish things publicly. All right, so I'll leave your name in the show notes as well. So if people uh, want to find you, if there are people still using Google Plus, there you know there used to be yeah, a time exactly. where, where people would hunt me down for saying something like that, and I loved Google Plus when it first came out. Uh, but I think nowadays most people, it's like Windows Phone. Pe most people are like, yeah, yeah, actually, it's probably kind of half dead. So uh, yeah, I think I like it because it's so quiet. I think it's, <laughs> I, 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 nothing much happens, and I like it that way. So it's it's very easy and I, I don't have to worry too much I don't have to check it every day it's uh, for me it suits very well <laughs> excellent well there you go you like it because it's quiet that's the best uh, description of Google Plus I've heard in a long time <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for being on the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we will be back next month. I don't think we're going to do a special episode next month or uh, maybe for a little while. We've done a bunch, um, but we will be back in uh, a month for a regular show. That's for sure at the end of June. Uh, and until then, I hope you all have a wonderful month and that those of you who can enjoy the wonders of democracy at its best. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you in a month.